This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this, and bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. This is Live at Five. Yeah, live at live Five. Indeed. Live at Five. Yeah. That's eight minutes after the hour, and uh, the war continues over there. <laughs> over there. Um, we'll talk about that. Not that much, though. So Got to get back to locals, look, uh, local uh, topics here. <laughs> because this week is the big week of the big debate starting tomorrow night at the Italian American Club. By the way, I saw uh, Senator Jerry in a movie, a movie I hadn't seen in my entire life, saw it in its, in its entirety, uncut. On uh, one of the networks, Pluto or something called uh, North Dallas 40. And uh, Senator Jerry, he's got an odd name. He's got a real classic name to him. Uh, he, he was uh, uh, Italian-Americans. <clears throat> uh, I, because I, I, I plan to, uh, to purge you. I don't like your type of people coming into this nice land of ours. He did that in 1974, Senator Jerry in Godfather 2. And then five years later... He played the coach in North Dallas 40. It was a movie that I was familiar with, but I never saw it. I guess I had this thing in the back of my mind that no country star like Mac Davis could be an actual good actor. He was very good in it, by the way. He was excellent. Uh, just uh, now I'm forgetting the lead guy's name. Uh, Nick Nolte. He did an excellent job, too. Everyone's smoking cigarettes. It, it clearly showed the gritty side of early football back in the 70s. He came out in 79. And it was all dollars and cents. Actually, it wasn't dollars. It was just like a plaything to the owners. And it, it took a stab, obviously, at the Dallas Cowboys and Tech Stram and his family. Dabney Coleman was one of the owners. Um, Charles Durning was the field coach. He was the ass kisser. It was excellent, excellent movie. Uh, I would advise you to see that. Anyway, but speaking of movies, um, again, not local. <laughs> But uh, Suzanne Summers passed away, I believe, yesterday or Saturday at uh, 76. She would have been 77 today. She f- fell short. Of, you know, I, I don't know if that's good or bad to be born and, and die on the same day. Does anyone, anyone know who's falls in that category? I don't know if I'd want to. But you know what? It would make sense because you wouldn't have two dates. Assist, you know, we're all going to have two days associated with our, with our name. And there's other dates. Don't get me wrong. But as far as we're concerned, it's the day we were born and the day we die. That's what's, uh, that's what's on a tombstone, if we have one. <clears throat> um, but um, it, it's, it's having it the same day, it would, it would be something that would like, whoa, whoa, wait, if you're walking along in a, alone in a cemetery, walking and you see, a, you see a tombstone that has the same date twice, that's like, wow, somewhat ironic. So we get a 65 days. So anyway, here's something from Suzanne Summers when she did an interview on, yes, you guessed it, the Rosie O'Donnell show back in the 90s, talking about how she got the role of, of the girl in the uh, 
the Thunderbird in American Graffiti. I worked one night on American Graffiti. Really? And I made $136.72. Wow. I was very poor then. I had a little baby, and I searched through all my pockets to get um, the, the toll for the bridge. And um, I had just enough to buy two pieces of fish and a potato wow. for dinner. And I walked into this interview, and there were about 250 beautiful blonde females. And I said to the casting agent, I can't stay because it'll cost me what I have to spend for dinner, for parking, and I can't stay. And he said, well, he was very interested in you. Let me go talk. I said, I can't stay. He said, just a minute. So I went in. He, he came out, and he said, George Lucas would like to meet you in front of all these people. So I went in, and I got home, and they called and said, you're it? Because I reminded him of who he had fashioned the part off of. So, really? Yeah, you know, so it's you timing. Said, it is. Yeah. And you, sometimes fate, you know, who knows? Fate. If you didn't... If you weren't in such dire straits enough to say it, then maybe it wouldn't have happened. Right, exactly. So obviously, a right place, right time. Now, this is the scene that uh, she's famous for. She did this all in one night. By the way, the movie itself takes place in one night, just like American, more American Graffiti, which came out a couple years later. In this scene, Richard Dreyfuss is in the backseat of uh, Ron Howard's car. I think it's the Ford. And uh, that's when um, um, she looks over at him. I just forgot her name already. Listen to me. I'm trying to remember her character's name. I don't think she had a name in the movie. Suzanne Summers is driving a Thunderbird uh, somewhere in California. She looks over at uh, Richard Dreyfuss. And he really did. Uh, despite the fact, that obviously, she's known as Chrissy uh, from Three's Company. She also played a, a small role in uh, Magnum Force in the very, very beginning. That, that was the uh, Dirty Harry movie. It was the second and, quite frankly, the best of all the Dirty Harry movies ever made about uh, the, um, the, the police force in San Francisco actually shooting and killing bad guys. Uh, who evade uh, justice, you know, and we've seen that theme before and so forth. But she's in the scene in the beginning where one of the police officers throws a bomb in a pool on a, on a hillside, uh, you know, mansion as everyone's in the pool and she, she gets killed. Not a very glorified uh, scene, mind you, but she is nude in that scene. So anyway, uh, it's sad to see Suzanne Somers dead at 76 years old. Truly a, 20th, a late 20th century television icon, one of the most beautiful women and she died way too young. All right, so if you want to call in, so I just want to do a little tribute to uh, one of my favorites from television, TV Land. And, you, and by the way, you're going to be seeing a lot of Three's Company over the next uh, couple of months on you know, TV Land, uh, Me TV, uh, they, uh, Antenna TV, and why not? Uh, and it's all, it was also said, what, 10 years ago when Farrah Fawcett, Majors died. Uh, Majors, listen to me. She was married to... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, God, what's the matter with my brain today? Oh, was uh, who was from um, Love Story? Anyway, she was married to him. They were both drunks. She, when she died, it was very sad, and she died uh, like in her like mid sixties of cancer. Both died from cancer, and it just sucks to see people that you were accustomed to seeing every week on your television set uh, just pass away at relatively young ages. It's very sad. Seven five five twelve forty. All right, so let, let me get back to basics. Tomorrow is the big debate. Just to let everybody know that this Thursday, I will have um, Councilman, uh, a city council candidate, 
Uh, that's Mr. Uh, Dr. Robert Kimball. He's going to be coming in this Thursday. Now, that's a big thing for me because, one, it's the first interview we've had uh, for a while. And don't worry, Jason. We'll get you in here as well. Jason's coming in tomorrow uh, to cut a commercial. He wants to, uh, to send his message here on my show and Jeff's show. And, um, you know, obviously he is the writing candidate of the year. How about that, Jason? But uh, uh, Mr. Kimball or Dr. Kimball will be in uh, this this Thursday. Uh, and also tomorrow, I don't know if Jeff mentioned this, there's a treasury race going on, too, for the county. And I've actually have reached out to both candidates. I don't get receive word from one, and I really haven't received word from the other, although I, was, I had the opportunity to send a political rate card uh, to Miss uh, Donna, yet another Kimball, Donna Kimball. And I believe she's going to be on Jeff's show tomorrow uh, during the hotline show. So, you know, so we're getting there. I mean, today is what? The 16th of October. And here it is. We're, um, do the math. Where the hell is the damn calendar? Dip, 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 dip. There we are. One, two. Um, you know, we got three weeks, three weeks before the big day. And um, tomorrow at the Italian American Club starts right after my show is over. And I'm going to be running over there to uh, assist Jeff. The big thing about this this debate, in um, in contrast to the one we did back in June, one, it's the location. And I can say this freely. The new one has air conditioning. Well, at this time of year, it won't really matter. But it's going to be airy. It's going to be nice. And it's going to be less candidates. But what Jeff wants wants to do, he wants to open up the, the floor uh, to your questions. So, and, and, of course, Ken Martin came up to me and says, hey, can you help out? Jeff he says, yeah, of course. Um, and at the same time, I said, oh, well, it's going to be probably contentious on Wednesday. For some reason, I got this thing in the back of my mind that we're going to have two camps at the Wednesday debate. It's, it's like a wedding. You know, get the bride side and the, and the uh, groom side. And to me, it's going to be a, an interesting dynamic. It's all good. There's nothing bad about this. Uh, but, uh, they will have, you know, the supporters for, for Lisa and the supporters for Sarah. I mean, I don't know if they're going to mix and what, but it's, it should be interesting. So uh, a privilege of the floor, questions from the audience. This is all Jeff's doing. This has nothing to do with me. And the reason why, of course, we didn't do it, this was Jeff's decision too, why he didn't do it, uh, elected to it rather, in June, was simply because there was 10 candidates. And it was a hot day that day, and he, he, he had to get through all the candidates as opposed to a, uh, giving privilege to the floor. And he did a great job. So now it's going to be a little bit different. It's back-to-back, Tuesday, Wednesday, no conflict with city council meetings, uh, like we had in June, that was uh, that was a mistake, uh, but it should be a great time had by all. There was questions to whether or not it was going to be streamed. I don't really know. Uh, that's a gym call. But nonetheless, <laughs> there you have it. Uh, the Jets won yesterday. I know Jeff talked about this today. I know Jeff, quite honestly, is a bigger Jet fan than I am. I am a Jets fan. I'm a football fan more than anything else. I just think it's an extraordinary sport. I don't care who's playing. But I do favor the Jets, and I do like the Buffalo Bills. But the way they came back yesterday was, was incredible uh, and beating an undefeated team. Uh, and, and Philly had a lot of fans in the, in the stands, too, at MetLife. Needless to say, they're right ne- practically right next door. <clears throat> what surprised me, though, was that the, uh, here it is, the, uh, the, the Eagles, they're winning the game. They got, what, they got like a couple, maybe two and a half, three minutes to kill, and they decide to throw the ball? <clears throat> you always run the risk of, uh, of fumbling the ball, but there was no... Bad conditions. The field wasn't wet. wasn't windy. It was, you know, there was nothing like that. It wasn't cold. And you were throwing a pass to the sidelines, and it gets intercepted with like two and a half minutes left. No wonder you lost. That was a bad loss for uh, for the Eagles. Great win for the Jets. There is some hope. The Patriots are absolutely awful, 
Buffalo winds up winning, as I find out later. I didn't watch it. Last night I watched the first game of uh, the playoffs between Houston and Texas. Good game there. So there's a lot of sports going on, uh, needless to say, this time of year. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, Glenn, thanks for getting Gary Sullivan back on for three hours. Yes, I'm glad Yes, I'm glad you, you noticed. anything to do with it, but I'm sure you had something to do with it. I, I did, and it was, uh, it. but it was the guy that called in on the show. You called in to remind me, but there was another guy that called in like two weeks ago. Yes, he did. Yeah, so he, uh, uh, yeah, he, he did that's it. A great, I don't know if you listened to it, Glenn, but that's a good show. All of them, I tell you what, every show that we have, and for that matter, any syndicated show there is on radio that's, that you hear, like on a Saturday morning, they're all good. They're, that one lawyer guy who tells it like it is—I don't know if you Isn't hear that him. A great show. Oh, that guy. Handle he, on the law. He doesn't care what. I you, never miss it. Oh, what, wait a minute. Do we run that, or is that across town? I should know that this. It runs on Sunday morning on your station. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, because I, I know they got Three Sinatra. Hours over. Also, I believe he. Is, I mean, there's there's a. I'm sorry to say, that's a New York. Jewish lawyer oh that tells God. it like it is, like 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 tells it like it is. Yeah. If you ain't got a case, he's gonna tell you. Forget about it. And, and you know, let's play, let's role play. If you don't ma- don't don't mind. <laughs> uh, no, no, seriously. I'll, I'll, it's like you you call you tell me says, hey, I got this neighbor that uh, throws his trash out in the street, and then just say that if you could. Yeah, Bill, how's it going today? Good. How you doing? Usually he says, go to hell, Bill does. Oh, does it? Go to hell. Oh, yeah, he doesn't want to hear that question. Oh, okay. Oh, he doesn't want the niceties. Okay, oh, no, I never he heard that. Go anything, anything, ask him how he's doing or anything. Just, he just wants to get to the just get to the point. Okay, get Absolutely, to the point. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, what's going on in your world? I got a guy just throwing garbage on my property. Oh, that's that. So, what do you want to do? You want to sue him? Is it what? Yeah, is, I we, sue him or? Yeah, no. T- sorry, you can't do anything. Yeah, it sucks. What, what neighborhood do you live in? Good neighborhood, bad neighborhood, or what? Yeah, big neighborhood in California. Yeah, that's uh, no wonder. Yeah, I know a lot of people in California. They got garbage next door. They they, they, they call me all the time. What can I do? There's nothing. There's nothing you can do. You should, might as well just move. Just move. Well, have a good day, Bill. Oh uh, yeah, you too. All right, talk, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> I've heard him hang up on people that ask him that. Oh uh, yeah, he just like has no time for this. Very smart guy. I, I unlike he's on Cl- California, also. Oh, I'm sure he is. Uh, and and uh, Clark Howard, on the other hand, when he was on years ago here on this station. He was great because he listened to people, and um, there was never a contentious call on that show. He was always interested in what people uh-huh. had to say. I, I really miss Clark Howard, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. One thing about Hannity, I don't know, you watch it. Uh, yeah, I do. I watch and I do listen to him. It's pretty repetitive. With Hannity, if he has a guest on, yeah, he has to go into a two or three minute speech before he asks a question. You ever notice that? I, all of them do that. There's a woman on Newsmax who who. Crazy. It's like listening to Jeff Cole during a debate between yeah. Duffy and, and Gray last year. Like it was Just mostly mostly Jeff Cole. Sean. One thing about uh, Tucker, <clears throat> he asked you a question. He kept his mouth shut for two or three minutes. Right, he which did. Which is unheard of in today's uh, TV. And Jesse Waters is bad too. He let you talk. Hannity just can't help himself. He's going to moderate this upcoming debate between oh. uh, Mr. DeSantis and. Uh, the gentleman oh, uh, yeah, uh, 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 Gavin Newsom. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So how's he going to do that? He can't sh- just ask the question, Sean. I don't need a three-minute speech before you get to the damn question. He's he a, he, the I came up with my own expression. That's somebody that walks two blocks just to walk around the corner. They walk in 16 yeah. different directions. All they had to do is walk around the corner. But, no, they have to add so many things to it. Well, he's got to bring up stuff he's talked about for years. You get tired of hearing that also. Oh, yeah, yeah. about Mrs. Clinton? We know she's a sleazebag. You haven't got to keep bringing up the stuff she did. The emails. Nobody cares, apparently. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, you know? what do they call that? The whitewashing of the of the yeah. phones or the, uh, yeah, he they says the same thing. All the time. 
Yeah. I don't know, but people watch Rape them. rooms during the Iraqi crisis. He always brought up the oh, rape rooms geez. back in the day. One thing about Tucker, say what you want, he let people talk. Now, he was the best, and he knew when to, when to, to shut people down because he, he, re, he let things... Yeah. Jesse Waters, on the other hand, is awful. By the way, Chris Plant has his own show on Newsmax on Saturday. Have yes, you ever seen... Does, yeah. yeah. I, okay, they, they're trying to do the five... And it's not working. <laughs> I mean, first of all, Chris Plant looks like a mannequin. I don't know what uh, he's got an odd look to him. Uh, and he sit. They all sit in this stuffy little desk, and uh, the one black guy just talks way too much. Like uh, I don't know, like so many people. I and listen to him on this station. He's he good, hates but Democrats. I can tell you that much. Yeah, and um, wow, everything's yeah. a Democrat. <laughs> and he comes from a Democratic Party, just like uh, oh Danny Francis. God. Yeah, he talks about that. As well. well, great. Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you. That back on Glenn. Uh, no, thanks for your help. You did Thank it. You. you and the other dude. Yeah. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn. What's happening? Hey, the this, ordinance guy. One thing about this whole Hezbollah thing going on. Yeah, the death. You have people out in Berkeley, California. Yeah. The lesbian coalition right. are backing them. Wait, Do they understand? Are you, wait, 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 wait. Are you, if they are you, went over there, they will be arrested. Are you referring? Are you being hanging from a crane? Or this guy doesn't want to hear me. Are you talking derogatory? Are you talking in a derogatory tone, or is that literally the name of the coalition? No, that is literally okay. All right, the gotcha. Name of the coalition at Berkeley, California. I thought you were passing judgment on people that show up at abortion. No, they uh, call themselves the Lesbian Coalition. Right, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. All right. Um, yeah, it's but so true. They tr- understand yeah. that they can't even drive a car over there. Right, right, and if yeah, because they're female. Same thing with the ga- uh, men. Gay men these people are supporting are in our colleges. I don't know what to tell you other than if you can group all evil uh, in one one sum, and, and that would include uh, the MAGA society and Israel and cops, because they're all looked upon by the young generation as the oppressor, that no matter how stupid you are without realizing that if you, as a lesbian or gay man, were ever to step foot in any one of those nations over there, that they would chop your head off. Uh, or hang you in public. But they, they, they don't care because as long as the word uh, opposition and oppressed are, are, are associated with the movement, the, the history, and for that matter, reality, means nothing to them. It means absolutely well, nothing. I'll buy them airline tickets. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's, it's, just, it's almost like, you know, you're, you're tempting. The stuff going on right now in the North, I'm not going to get into this whole analytical thing and try to be like Hannity, trying to understand everything about Hezbollah and Hamas and so forth. But it's, it's obviously the, the Israelis are falling into their own trap because the world is looking upon them right now as they're, they're in the wrong because they're retaliating against those who massacred their people over a week ago. And, well, and that, that's a weird what, dynamic, start, but that's what's happening. Poke the bear with a stick. Right. And uh, the, 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 the bear is going to retaliate. And that was more than a poke. I was actually using that expression the other day with a client of mine. He says, poke, that was more than a poke. I said, yeah, you're right. That was a lot more than a poke. And now they're yeah. using the golden. Do you ever see? I don't know if it's called the Golden Dome. That sounds like a drug. That sounds like a really bad, uh, icky uh, sexual reference. But nonetheless, they got this system where they set up this protection. Golden Dome is the name of it. And yeah, for the, some reason or other, <coughs> it wasn't working that day when the massacre happened. And I wonder, was someone asleep at the wheel? Was there some type of, you know, loss of communication? Was it the day of Sabbath? I don't know. People on vacation that day? But uh, that could have saved a lot of lives. One day we'll find out. We'll find out exactly the what The whole thing is, is that the Palestinian people are not at fault for this. 
Okay, but can I just say I'm one not. thing? Can I just say one thing? Can I say one thing? Okay. Do, yeah, he, sure. Go okay. Ahead. Take your shot. All right. So if I lived in an oppressed an oppressed area like Gaza, uh, Gaza City, and, and you look around, it's awful. I saw a segment today from Ben Shapiro, who's a, not only a Jew, he is a devout, knowledgeable, exceptionally brilliant Jewish man. And he yes. describes how Gaza, the whole Gaza Strip and Gaza City, uh, don't have a water system. They don't have a filtration system. So they need the Israelis to supply them with the water, either by truck or they might say, you know, maybe they built some type of aqueduct or something, something connected to Israel. Uh, uh, but th- the majority of the monies that they get, and I told this to my wife the other day, 90 cents out of every dollar they get goes towards me, a, a way to destroy Israel, to destroy the Jews, to build a tunnel. The remaining 10, uh, 10 cents goes to eating and feeding themselves so they can at least live. It does not go towards infrastructure. It does not go towards no. a water system or filtration system. It goes just for the annihilation of the, of the Jewish people. So when you say, oh, it's not all Palestinian people, let me just add one caveat to that. We've seen tens of thousands, if not millions of people cross the border illegally in the last two years, since two plus years since Biden took over. If you're that oppressed where you don't have water, and you don't want to be in an area that just all they could focus on is annihilate the Jews, then despite the fact that you're not part of Hamas, you are guilty by association. So we can't have well, this feeling about Palestine, innocent Palestinians. Palestinian people don't have a country. Well, they don't. Never but have. A lot of people who don't have a country have been coming over here very easily, by the way. And if they really want a country, they can go to Britain, they can go to France. But many of them elect to stay there because they have that common denominator. They hate Israel. So not, yeah, not a lot the of these Israelis guys have been there for over two thousand. Uh, we can go back and forth and who was there first and blah blah blah. Uh, at the end of the day, the Palestinians are the lowest in the terms of the Arab hierarchy, but they're the, the most convenient in order to stir things up for the other Arab nations. That's what it all comes down to. So anyway, I got to do a break, but thank you for the call, yeah, my friend. I appreciate it. Yes, you too. Uh, I got to do a break right now. You're listening to the Live at Five show, and we will be back right after this. Hey, it's Lee Lafave at Epic. Huge. Uh, welcome back. Yeah. That's right. It's uh, 5.31 and a half. Someone's chiming in. I don't know if that's real. It is. Let's go to the phone. Hi, you're in the air. Uh, good afternoon. This is your non-lawyer friend. How you doing? Um, good. How, how can you have expected when in their... Uh, it's not their constitution, but Hamas is set on the house on the uh, uh, United Nations floor. Uh, it's, it's it's written uh, their object is to kill all Jews. Right, right. Annihilate them. How, right. how do you how do you, how can you start with that? How do you build a house on quicksand? Uh, the yeah. other thing is no yeah. no Arab nation has accepted them. Oh, really? Interesting. And, yeah. Well, they don't want to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're the guys that don't pay the rent. <clears throat> yeah, nobody well, wants them. They're the people without a country, but. They're in such a they're in a in a crappy place that remains crappy. It would have remained crappy unless, it, you know, uh, the UN granted their land back to the promised land, back to the chosen, who made it into an oasis. But the the worst part of Israel happens to be where Gaza is because they spend all their money on other things like destroy the Jews, and then people get sympathetic. Listen, listen, hear me out. I saw something today from this past weekend or last couple of days. I believe it was the Prime Minister of Ireland or some bigwig there in their, uh, you know, parliament. And I couldn't believe how liberal, how, how all these guys, particularly from Brit, from the British nations uh, in leadership, who are so sympathetic to Hamas and the Palestinians, 
uh, not Hamas so much, but the Palestinians in, in, in an indirect way, as you know. And it's just like, I it, it, uh, just can't believe this nonsense. They don't look at this whole fundamental thing. What you just said, what I just exclaimed earlier about how their motive is just based on one thing, one thing alone. So while, yes, there are innocent people, particularly children in the Gaza City right now that might be killed or harmed by this, but it's, it's just the fog of war. You're, st- you're, you're in an area that, that is just, it's just a, a boiling point for hate. And, uh, it, and, and, and Netanyahu obviously is going to react the way he's doing right now. If that leads to an escalation, you know what? At the end of the day, I don't think anyone's going to screw with, with the Israelis. They're that good. Um, well, anyway, they use also they use the children as human shields. Right, and everything. So report, right. Report that. Yeah. They, oh, look at, the, look at the carnage here. And then they treat these little children, they indoctrinate them right from when they're born practically, uh, to hate, hate, hate. How, how do you how do you build on that? Well, you can't actually. You know, it's funny. We we used to talk about how oh boy, the North Koreans and the Palestinians, the, you know, the people from Yemen, uh, other Arab nations. That's what they're indoctrinated. And now it's funny as you say that indoctrination's happening right here in America. Look how many people are protesting in favor of Hamas right here on college campuses, including Harvard. It's happening right here. That should be our biggest concern, not what we know about the Palestinians. We should start realizing what we have right here in the domestic United States. And yet they're the people looking back at us as evil. And that's what sucks. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We don't coming in the borders. Uh, we don't know if, you, if they come in the border and sneak in the border. They've got uh, New York State. Uh, you've got to accept them in schools. Uh, uh, if, you, if you're a legal citizen... You have to be inoculated or... Uh, uh, exactly. You know? Yep. Right. And you know what? And, and i got to go because I'm getting callers, but thank you. Uh, uh, one last thing. There is, yeah, a sil- there is a silver lining to all this, and it's in, rela- in relation to the migrant pr- crisis in Midtown Manhattan and other cities like Chicago, in that now, you know, you know, in order to get along with people, other groups of people, you have to have a common enemy. You know, they had a common yeah. enemy in South Africa for, for, for generations against the white minority. And once the white minority yeah. disappeared, now all of a sudden they had enemies amongst themselves. You have to have a con- common enemy amongst yourselves as a citizen, as people. Now you're seeing the, BLM, the, the blacks and the Latinos, and we saw the Latinos, particularly the Cubans, go inside of the conservatives anyway, especially in the Miami, uh, Florida area. But now you're seeing more and more people getting very upset with what you just described, how uh, the migrants are getting more attention, more money. Uh, than the blacks in their own community. And I tell you what, they didn't like that when, when the Asians started moving into Brooklyn and Queens back in the 70s and 80s, and they certainly don't like this now. So what's going to happen is they're going to start turning over to the conservative side, not the black women because they're the most militant. They like Joy Reid and whatnot, and they get into hip-hop. They're in charge. You're not going to persuade them, but you're going to get some of them. Maybe, just maybe, here's the silver lining, we're all going to get along together and we'll all unite as a country again. I, I, I honestly see that happening now more than I did a couple of months ago, when before uh, wow. Governor Abbott sent all these migrants up to the big cities. Now, we're, now all of a sudden, the pendulum is turning because now people are pissed off. Even at their own—people are yelling at Eric Adams, a black Democratic mayor, who I happen to like, by the way. Chicago, they got that maniac Jackson, who looks like the drum, the lead guy from— uh, from uh, the Jimmy Fallon show, he's weird looking. Nonetheless, he, all these guys are now just tortured by this migrant crisis, but they can't walk yep. away from this whole equity and inclusion thing at the same time, and the AOC class. So now they're, they're colliding with themselves. That's what's happening. But anyway, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. I know I'm just, I'm just, whew, I got a lot of sleep this weekend. Hi, you're in the air. 
Glenn, I still am confounded by the fact that this country leaves its southern border wide open. I was thinking of an analogy. You know, if you want to winterize your house and you put insulation in and you put caulking around the windows and you put new windows in, double-pane windows and everything, to make your house more winterized and prevent the, air, the infiltration of cold air, and yet you leave the front door of your house open all winter long. Right. All those other things you've done uh, mean nothing. And here we are, we're hardening our schools, we're hardening our airports, we've got the TSA, we've got the harbors and ports hardened and metal detectors and security cameras, Libby. and yet we leave the southern border wide open. We are putting this country's national security at, uh, at great risk. It's very obvious what's happening, and I cannot figure out why we don't uh, shut the southern door. Oh, well, okay, but, but you do know the answer, and we talked about this. It's capsizing the, the canoe called the state of Texas. And if, if you know, remember how they wanted to destroy the electoral college system because when, uh, uh, when uh, uh, Al Gore lost in 2000 and Hillary lost in 2016? We've got to get rid of that. We've got to go back to the popular vote. No, we just have to capsize Texas. And by sending in over in excess of over four, maybe five, six million people just in the state of Texas alone over the course of four years can do that. That's why they're doing it. It's all about power, not safety to you, not whether or not there's one door left unlocked for everyone to come in. It's nothing to do with that. They want to have, maintain power for good. And then they'll change the Constitution. They'll over-leverage the uh, uh, Supreme Court. They'll stack the, the court. And you and I will never have a conservative uh, way out, out of a paper bag. That's the, way, that's the way this is going. But it is changing, so I'm glad what's happening. And gov- ironically, it's the governor of Texas who, who, uh, maybe, who should be the man of the year because he changed the course of, of things in America when he started shipping those migrants up to New York City. He's not given enough credit for that, in my opinion. Anyway, well, uh, anyway, uh, I, I think it's more than just <clears throat> more than just the state of Texas. It, it's a it's a national border. We just saw a, a nation close its border. Uh, Egypt closed its border to uh, refugees uh, right. from uh, from Israel and Gaza. And, That's a shame uh, because those are the people that really do want to get away from 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 Palestine. Yeah, crisis and Egypt just closes its border. Just like that, we can do the same thing. And, and no, I we think can't. It's more than just Texas. But anyway, yeah. that's that's. Uh, that's what's uh, on my mind, and uh, keep up the good work. Good luck tomorrow night at the uh, Yes, thank the you. State. Thank you very much. Well, that's Jeff Steele, but I'll be there to help out. Uh, but, uh, no, it is Texas, because they already got Arizona. And, by the way, how many times do you—what's her name? Carrie Lake? Ricky Lake? I, I'm just so sick and tired of seeing her. She's a beautiful woman. She was the one that lost the governor, uh, governor's race in Arizona. She did the Trump thing. She says, recount the votes, blah, blah, blah. It did look a little odd because the, the person in charge was running the whole, uh, the whole system, the voting system in the state. But nonetheless, Arizona's done. California done. You know, look at all the southern states, south, southwestern states. New, New Mexico, no one cares about. It's got like four electoral votes there, maybe three. Uh, Texas is huge. It's the second, second largest uh, state. And once you capsize that, once you turn Texas blue, there's no turning back. None whatsoever. A lot of people, especially from Texas, say, that's never going to happen. Okay, great. Yeah, no one thought San Francisco would, would, would fall apart in the last five years. It's happening. 755-1240 uh, is the number. 755-1240 if you want to chime in. Um, we mentioned uh, Suzanne Summers' death at 76. It really sucks. Again, that opening scene, I posted a picture from when she is, all this stuff was done on video back in the mid-late 70s. 
And when she's lying down on her stomach and Joyce DeWitt pours water on plants outside, you know, it's obviously shot inside a studio. But I couldn't wait. The show was on at 8 o'clock. It was the first of the sitcoms on, I think it was Tuesday night, and on ABC, of course. And at this point, I'm probably around the age of 15, 16 years old. You know how that is. Dip, 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 dip. We didn't have the internet. <clears throat> and to see Suzanne Summers get water poured on her and she reacts, she turns around, she puts on that big friggin' smile, and they have her name over it, Suzanne Summers. That, m- unbelievable. The show sucked. Actually, it didn't. It was stupid. But uh, you, it was worth watching. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn. What's hey, up? Glenn, you realize that Texas used to be blue, right? What, how long ago? Wait a minute. I don't think Texas was ever blue. Come on. Be serious. LBJ. Yeah, all right. But was it, you know, I just always looked well, at it as Cowboy right State. Bush, right before Bush won, uh, George Bush uh, Jr. there won. It was uh, the Richards lady, remember? Richards or Hutchinson? She was a Democrat. Yeah, yeah, right. No, Yeah. Oh, maybe that was more. Yeah, the that's right. Said George Bush put a uh, silver. Yeah, uh, you're right. Silver foot in his mouth. Yeah. You're right. But it wasn't as populated back then as, as it is now. But now it's got, now it's got you know, a lot of, lot of, uh, a lot of might. I don't know how many. I mean, California's in the lead, although they're losing, they're losing uh, population. Texas is gained for one day. Texas will probably be the most populated state in the country. Yeah, well, the, we, the, the, the Democrat areas are Houston and Dallas. Well, that's that's it's like every other. It's like every other state. It's like yeah, but it's not uh, that Illinois, way now, though. Illinois is conservative if he took out uh, Chicago. New York would be conservative if he took out that uh, uh, sewer down uh, at the bottom of the state. Man, there's a lot of there's a lot of blue uh, spots yeah, upstate. That, uh, you know, there's, there's, Ithaca, there's, Syracuse, at, Albany, the, Rochester. The last presidential election, and you'll see there's there, just that little bit of blue down there. And we're getting Albany. some blue up here. We got some blue up here. I, did, well, I thought Trump yeah, lost the last election. Look, I'm looking at counties in that. Uh, no, I'm, I know, but you know. I mean, you know, we, 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 okay, granted, they were blue at one point, but now it's crucial that they remain red. And with all the numbers of, of people come, do you agree with me that Abbott doesn't get enough credit for what he's doing? Because Abbott <clears throat> wasn't the first one to do it, Glenn. Oh, who was it, DeSantis? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, all right. But he sent a, a, a you know, like a, a busload of people to uh, Hyannisport. I, what, what, what Abbott right, is doing. And that, had, and that had a big effect than, uh, and then what's his name got the idea? Well, and then and they all good. right. Then let's let's give credit to both of. them. By the way, Ron it's DeSantis has basically disappeared from the presidential race. I mean, I don't even hear. I, I sometimes wonder if he's still running. I mean, he they, is. They all should drop out. I mean, let's face it. I know there are people out there that don't like Donald J. Trump. That's fine. But uh, you know, he's he, every poll. He's he's way ahead. He's. But let me let me let me let me ask let me let me ask you, Duff man, because you know this. There's a lot of people, particularly the Mitt Romney Republicans, who say, "Look, if if Trump wasn't running, there would be a better shot for a Republican to get elected." Do you agree with that? No. And why? Because it's bull, and and, and because they're rhinos, and they want to maintain their their power structure. They're they're better off with a Democrat in there than they are if they had a strong Republican in there. Why do you think they went at, they went against him? His first two years in office, he could have got twice as much done if it wouldn't have been for the rhinos that, that 
that went along with the Russian All right, uh, vote. you were talking more or less uh, inside the, the Beltway. What about people? What about voters? If, if Trump w- were out of the race, would there be a shot? I mean, let's just say Gavin Newsom it joins in the 11th hour. Something's going to happen here. show up. You'd have, you'd have more than you'd have 80 percent of the Republican Party wouldn't show up to vote. Oh, well, I don't know about that. Well, yeah, you would. They wouldn't vote because, look, at, I'm going to What, but at a protest? That, <laughs> That's not getting us anywhere. About, it might not be here. You know, I mean, you're looking at it through a prism of, of this area or, or New York. You have to look at it through a prism of, like, maybe Florida or, or uh, some of the other areas. Well, no, I'm just asking, asking a simple question. We know the players. DeSantis is, is a distant second. Ken DeSantis or uh, uh, what's her name there? <clears throat> Uh, from uh, South Carolina, C- can any one of these people beat uh, Gavin Newsom? No. Okay. So then, we're, okay. Nobody. Here's the thing that 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 uh, the left doesn't want you to know is nobody's going to be able to take the slings and arrows without backing down. George Bush, both Bushes backed down to the Democrats and almost became Democrats, basically, while they were in office. That's why they liked them and they never talked bad about them. That's why they sat next to the Obamas and the Clintons when they were at the uh, the funeral. Well, they were, and Clinton and uh, George H. Bush basically become father and son relationship. Yeah, well, it was very yeah, strong. Yeah, because they bent down and they, and, they, and they went along with the liberal ideas. I mean, but you know, you know we can't. I, I get that, but that was that was the old uh, Tip O'Neill way of crossing the aisle. That those days are over, and I think Trump obviously showed us that because, as you know, I said this here. That once Obama became president in 2008, I figured from that point going forward, we would never see another Republican. And I said that Donald Trump didn't have a chance, and you know that, of course. But he won. Right. And if he hadn't won, we'd still be under Democratic rule at this point. So he really was the monkey wrench that, that, that really changed everything. The, 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 effect of, the Trump effect will resonate forever. And uh, that's where we, he wasn't supposed to run. He wasn't supposed to win. We were supposed to be a democratic society. Now they're coming back with a vengeance after his four years. And they're not going to allow that to happen again, Duff. That's all I can say. I don't know. We, yeah. we, we saw some suspicious. I know, I know Danny is, is going crazy right now. We saw suspicious stuff in 2020. They were still claiming there was fraudulent uh, thing, activities going on in 2016. Four years later, 40% of the votes came in by way of mail-in balloting, a much higher percentage than ever in United States history, stuffing boxes outside a convenience store, things that didn't exist leading up to 2016. Yet 2016 was fraudulent because the Russians bought like $50,000 of Facebook ads. Four years later, there's nothing to see here. And it's just it's, it's mind-boggling what they're going to do in 2024. They're going to do something. I don't know what, but they're going to do something, Duffman. So I don't see this happening. The shame. Yeah, it sucks. And, and you remember when Mitt Romney ran, and he was, and he lost in some close races too that could have been turned, like Pennsylvania stuff. People forget. I'm glad he, was, he didn't become president, though. I, I hate that. There were armed uh, BLM people outside of the polling place. Yeah, I know. I, I to me, you know what? I hate to say this, and and again, I, I, I'm not saying let's forget history, but anything that happened even two weeks ago, <laughs> I don't even want to. It's, it's amazing. So when we bring up Mitt Romney or what happened here, someone brought up George H. Bush the other day on this show with Jeff's show. I said, I don't care. And, and, and it's gotten to the point where we start talking about 9-11 and you know, how we react. I said, I, that, yeah. We got to start focusing on whether or not World War III is going to happen in the next day or in the next 60 days. And, and, and by the way, real quick, 
I spoke to a well-known client that everybody knows. He's a big-time conservative. He says that Donald Trump should not be running. He should bow out, and there'd be a better chance for someone to get in there that could win two terms. First of all, as we know, Donald Trump's already got one term. He can't be reelected back in 2028. I don't care. We have to stop the bleeding right now. And the only guy to do it, and as much as people can't stand him, it's Donald Trump. He's, he, and, 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 you should have asked the guy who, who, who's his guy. Who's he's, his guy he's a DeSantis guy. He's, that's why I asked you. He, he says uh, DeSantis could do it. I mean, let's hey, face I it. Who else could do it? Too, but Ron DeSantis isn't going to be able to pull it off. He almost didn't pull it. If it wasn't for Donald Trump, he wouldn't be. I know. He owes, him, he owes him where he is right now. But a lot of people Donald like what he did during COVID. Hands down, and everybody forgets Gillen's name. I don't forget it because I still see his signs around. But Gillen, Gillen probably, if it wasn't for Donald Trump, Gillen probably would have won that election. Hmm, interesting. Well, oh, you, are, you in, are you in Florida now? No, I'm, I'm up here. Oh, okay. Well, you mentioned that you still see him. I said, oh, I didn't know. Well, no, I was still seeing signs. Oh, gotcha. You know, you know how you, they'll be assigned in the middle of a field, and they... Of course, you know they don't go pick them up. They just leave them there. And, you know, yeah, well, well, yeah, like like the guy running for city council on Factory Street for four, five years. Yeah. <laughs> nah, he took it down. He's a good guy. All right, listen, I gotta go. I gotta do a break. But thanks, thanks, good Duffman. Enough. That's right. uh, the Duffman. Unlike how Jeff does it. Hey, I got other calls. I gotta go. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. Duffman five five. Hi, you're in the air. Are uh, you still on the air? Yeah, of course, I'm still on the air. Just for you, Danny. No, I mean, I hear, I hear Duff, and I, is, is it delayed or something? It's delayed. No, Danny, you have to understand. You're listening to us by way of the Internet, and that's 40 seconds behind. Okay. okay. That's, I wanted to bring up something here. I've heard you say on this show a thousand times. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the thing in Israel calls the Iron Dome. Right, sorry, I, someone texted me. I called it the golden, a golden shower dome. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, was, I lost my place here. No, nah, I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs> You, you, you're talking about voting by mail? Yes. Ma- uh, ma- mail and ballot. Yeah. Mail in and ballot. 2018 and 2020 in the New York primary and the Florida primary, guess who voted by mail? You did. Donald J. Trump. Oh, but, uh, what's your point? He was a busy what's man. He, what's they, have to, they have to shut down a high, entire... That was when he was president. Of course he's going to mail in his vote. It's Ivanka bedlam Trump, otherwise. Ivanka Trump, Jared Kushner, White House counselor. High-profile people need to mail in. Yes, just like they military. All, they all voted by mail. Uh, Hence, uh, bar. So, so what do you? So, what's the? What, where are we going with this, Danny? He who he who well, lives by the sword the, dies by the. <laughs> you know the RNC chair, Ronan McDonald. She's Senator Romney's niece. She voted by mail. 16, 17, 18, and 2020. Well, the elite don't want well, to be seen in, in some public school in a, in a voting booth. They vote by mail because they can win. Well, these, these people didn't vote by mail because they wanted to win? Danny, what's your point? I don't understand what your point, point is. I, that can't be your point. we got to talk about raw numbers. The difference between mail and balloting numbers, raw numbers on a national scale, not just what some elitist does because they don't want to be seen in public. That we're talking about the number of mail-in balloting and the difference between 2016 and both presidential elections, 16 to 20, was was off the charts, Danny. Not That's to mention right. we were in the middle of COVID. There's a major reason for that, which you always skip, the COVID. That caused people not to go stand in line. Stand right, in right. Line. A 100-year virus that did not exist in our modern age. Therefore, there was a lot of wiggle room to manipulate the results. Get brief. Sorry. The, the basic line in American politics when it comes to voting is to vote in a free, fair, oh, here we go. secure election. And that's been proven to be exactly what it was in 2020. Gotcha.
And the same people that counted the votes were also headed by the same judges. challenges that Mr. Trump lost said it was fair. The guy that, uh, Chris Krebs, you remember Chris Krebs? No, but Danny, answer, answer one question, then i got to do a break. Answer me this. How is it, you and I have talked about this. This is like, you know, deja vu all over again, like Yogi Berra. He loses by what, eight, nine million votes to Joe Biden, who never lost, left his place. Hillary Clinton was was accused of having lost 2016 because she didn't visit Wisconsin and Pennsylvania enough. Trump, on the other hand, gets, what, six million more votes or seven million more votes for him in 2020 and still loses by eight million votes. Danny, four-year difference. Seven million, Hillary, uh, seven million popular votes, and also he lost to Hillary Clinton by three million popular votes. Yeah, I, I'm not, okay, but I'm not just talking about Hillary. the raw numbers that we lost by, <coughs> and yet he still had more votes in 2020, and then in two th- four years later, he goes against a guy that doesn't leave his basement, and he loses by 8 million votes, despite well, getting 6 million more votes than he did in 2016. doesn't make any sense. across so many lines of experts and government officials and independent officials, and including Chris Krebs, who said it was the safest and most secure election we've ever had. Right. The, next, the next day, Donald Trump fired him. All right. Well, of course, I'd fire him, too. I, I, I'm glad well, he did. that's the whole point. You're, You're fired. Just... You're totally fired. Terrible. Okay. I'll, I'll let you All get right. somebody else. All right. All right. Talk to you. i got to do a break anyway. This is, That was Danny, and we'll be back. Over 85 vendors spread over 14,000 square feet. Work for everyone. So someone, <clears throat> uh, someone, our friend down in Alabama... <clears throat> Alabama, oh, with no relation. Uh, he says COVID. I, I mentioned earlier, one hundred year virus, and this person says one hundred year virus. No, it's the first man manipulated virus known to be unleashed on the planet. There you go. I stand corrected. Seven five five twelve forty. If you want to uh, chime in, we'd love to hear from you. I mentioned at the outset that I did see a movie that I knew came. I knew when it came out. North Dallas forty. And uh, right around that time, the, the Dallas, well, I shouldn't say this, the Dallas Cowboys were a well-established organization. You knew the cheerleaders in the 70s. This came out at the latter part, 1979, and I just thought it was one of those movies that was just about America's team and the cheerleaders. Well, it wasn't. It was about the game of football and the eyes of players, coaches, and the owners. And this is early on. And, uh, boy, very gritty, gritty movie. Nick Nolte. Um, the big guy, the white guy, he played uh, Walking Tall. He replaced what's his face there in the sequel, Sven something. He was like six foot six. They had a couple of actual football players. One guy from the Oakland Raiders, Matuchek, as it was his name, Matutis, similar to a, a friend of uh, a spelling, but different. Uh, but nonetheless, great movie making. I'm glad I saw it. Uh, and I watched it from start, middle to finish. I, I was glued to the TV. Real good movie. Another reason why the 70s were a great decade for movies. <clears throat> Higher in the air. Hey, I just want to give a kudos out to um, Massey's Ranch. They did a haunted hayride last night. Yeah. Excellent. Very yeah. good people. Very great. Um, I like the community and the children that help. And, like, there was, like, teenage girls being witches. And guys had, like, chainsaws with no chain on it. But right. They, up and scare you. right. They, they did a good job. And it was great, and it's a donation for the uh, General Brown football team. Right. And um, just uh, it's something like that. It's just a beautiful community event. Right. They did a great job. And thanks, Sean Massey, for having that. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Great way to end the show. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you. 
And I'm sure it was. And I, I, w- I was always uh, on, I guess you could say, derailed when I heard a, a, a chainsaw. But then someone said, oh, there's no chains on it. Oh, okay. Well, I feel better now. Yeah. It's that thing stuck in my face. Oh, yeah. oh, I feel better now. Yeah, thank you. Um, the fight. And I know Jeff was talking about the fight uh, at the end of the first half of a Cyclone game against Fowler. And um, Fowler comes in from the Syracuse area. There's a fumble or something. I mean, stuff happens. It doesn't really matter how it started. But I let, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff was funny today because he, you know, Someone was commending a, a bunch of the Watertown Cyclone players for not leaving the sidelines, while Jeff, your hotline host, was like, oh, no, that's, that's when you want them to run out on the field. You want to show them that you can, you can kick some ass. He didn't say that. <laughs> so he, he was like, you know, no, no, staying on the sidelines. You know, no, you're not supposed to do that. In fact, in, in, you know, the fight started on your side of the sidelines, too. When it's close to the sidelines, that's when you get involved. That's when everyone, flags are thrown, people get ejected. It's a shame the game wasn't fi- finished. Apparently, Watertown was going about to get their ass kicked anyway. But uh, anyway, that was that made uh, that made news. Uh, Channel Seven, I think, even made Spectrum news too. Hopefully, uh, that won't happen again. But the kids, I guess, did the right thing. Whatever. Uh, but we're getting down to the nitty gritty. AM twelve forty WA ten Watertown makes us legal. Up next, CBS. CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Monica Ricks. 